Yasmin Alibag-Brown. I uh, live in London, but I was born and raised in Kampala, Uganda. And I came to Britain when I was 23. I had a scholarship to go to Oxford to do my MPhil. And then everything changed because Asians living in Uganda were all expelled just after I arrived. Um, so I never went back home and stayed here instead. I think if you have come from somewhere else into a society which is extremely um, interesting and in some ways open but in some ways very closed, almost every day is a, is a negotiation with the new country. You don't want to become so obliged to it that you don't express your feelings or thoughts. But at the same time, you constantly have to remember that this is a country where you found safety. And so it's, it's, it's constant, almost constantly you're negotiating, um, which means you can't really go to sleep on your citizenship, if you see what I mean. It's something you have to validate, fight for, and remember every minute of every day. Some things have changed amazingly for the better. I mean, I'm very lucky. I have a column in the national newspaper, which I've had now for 17 years. I was the first non-white immigrant to get such a column. I have a voice in the public space, which I never had in the first many years after I came. There was kind of in-your-face racism then. People would spit, people would trip you over on the streets, they would abuse you. But at the same time, a whole new kind of a rejection appears. So there's anger that you're in the public space. And that happens to a lot of women anyway, in general. But if you're a Black or Asian women, you get double or triple the hostility. There's also, as immigration debates once again become really ugly, they were very ugly when I came. Then they were very ugly again when the Vietnamese came. And then they were ugly again when, you know, whoever came uh, who was not Australian or American. Um, then you get the butt end of that anger. And in recession, people feel they have permission again. So I don't think I can say, oh, it's really wonderfully better. It's different. I don't even like the term Islamophobia because I think what, what happens in this country again and again is groups are selected for hatred and rejection. And I, I never use the word Islamophobia, I use the word racism, because racism mutates, it finds different kinds of victims and expresses itself, maybe in different language, but the thing is the same. But the other particular problem that we Muslims have is that we're dealing with a situation post 9-11 where some of our, some Muslims themselves created more trouble for us 
and continue to do so. And when some Muslims behave appallingly badly, which they do, towards other Muslims as much as towards everybody else, those of us who are already thought of as dangerous aliens really do get to feel the, the, the burn more. I don't think we deserve it and I don't think it's our fault or that we bring it on ourselves, but that some of it is coming to at us because our societies and countries and communities are in a state of such dysfunctionality and anger and we need to be thinking about how to change that as well. journalist or a writer, which I am. So, yes, you know, you get hatred from people who think you've attacked them for this, others who think you've sold out, others who think, um, you know, you kind of should be on their side, but you can't be if you're a writer. All you can do is be honest, and you can't, you don't hurt people for the wrong reason, or victimise them because it's easy copy. But at the same time, you just have to tell it how it is, or how you see it. So it's not a comfortable position at all. I don't read the rubbish that people write under my columns, because what would be the point? It would disable me. You get stronger as time goes on. But I know one reason my children never wanted to go into journalism is because of what, ha what I go through. feminist, I've been a feminist all my life, one way or another, even before the word, because my mother was a feminist. But I think what is interesting now is I often am asked, do you get a harder time because you're a woman or a, a black person or an Asian person or a Muslim? I think it's a combination of all of them. But if I'm really honest, I have felt less antagonism as a result of my gender than my race or religion. But I feel that gender discrimination is at the moment one of the most serious issues in the world. And young feminists, I mean, I think I love the fact that they have reclaimed the word, but we're coming to a really good place, but there is not enough thinking about inclusivity, about the intersectionality. Um, I remember when I first came to Oxford and started going to feminist meetings, we were talking about stuff that meant nothing to me at all. I wasn't interested in the freedom to have multiple partners. I wasn't interested then in kind of the right to be a lesbian. You know, at that time when I came as a poor immigrant, I was interested in jobs and equal pay, in food, for uh, impoverished African people in kind of, you know, the post-colonial exploitation. So our priorities were very different. And I felt I was not part of the conversation then. And up to a point, I feel the same way now. Although, of course, I am part of the conversation because of my job. But I still think that it is not easy 
for, say, black women to say the things that are said about men in general because at the back of their minds they know how much racism is faced by black men. And the same thing goes for Asian men. And in these situations, um, I both understand why we have to think beyond race when we think about feminism, but also that white feminists need to understand our difficulties too. Uh, when we talk about these issues, how what astonishing risks we take when we speak up. 